Dr. Gardner is our next guest today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, how he came to Snow College, uh, what pre-medical services are offered uh, to students at Snow College interested in medical school, as well as experience working in the NAMI lab. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of uh, Talking Med School Life and Admissions. Uh, this is Dr. Chan. I made a special journey today uh, down to Ephraim, Utah, and I'm visiting Snow College. And my guest today is Dr. Gardner. Uh, Dr. Gardner, why don't you go ahead and uh, say hello? Hi. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself and how you fit into uh, 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 you know, the teaching here and what brought you to Snow College? Okay. Well, I, um, I grew up in central Pennsylvania, and when I was getting ready to graduate from high school, I joined the military and Trained as a medic and a surgical tech, ended up in Vietnam for a year and a half uh, as a medic out in the forward area, and um, then I went to Penn State when I got out of the military. Mm-hmm. There, I thought about being becoming a doctor because of my experience in the military, but uh, I got more interested in biology, so I went on for a master's degree in biology, and then uh, worked at the U for a couple of years after that, went to, went to uh, Northern Arizona University, got a PhD down there. Mm-hmm. My first day uh, in the graduate program, I was a master's student, I, I taught uh, comparative anatomy lab. And I just, my first few moments in front of the class, I decided this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to teach. So eventually the opportunity came up for me to to teach. And it was here at Snow College. This was more than I had dreamed of, actually. I, I love small towns. I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I love the western mountains. I love the atmosphere here on campus. We've got an amazing student body here. Uh, lots of activities going on. Mm-hmm. Um, my students helped me establish a club when I first came here, and it's still up and running. It's mm-hmm. uh, been around for almost 25 years now. So Wow, that's amazing. Busy. So you've been here for over 25 years? Well, this is my 25th year right wow, now. Wow, so, that's, yeah. that's awesome. So, you know, I'm driving into Snow College. You know, it's in Ephraim, Utah, which is about two hours south of Salt Lake City, right. an hour south of Provo. Um, and there's all these banners I'm seeing, 125 years. So right. can you tell me a little bit more about that, Dr. Gardner? About Snow, yeah. Yeah, yeah Snow got started um, in... 1888. Correct. I looked yeah. it up before he came. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Chan always does his homework. So. <laughs> Good. Yeah, so 1888. And, and it was started by the uh, Mormon pioneers who, who settled this area. Mm-hmm. They wanted to educate their, their young people and give them opportunities in the world. So it actually started the co-op building down on the corner where the stoplight is. Oh, really? On okay. Main Street, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the first building on the main campus we have now was the Noise Building, mm-hmm. which is directly west of us here. And uh, and the college has just been expanding and expanding ever since. We're not big, but we've been we've been growing. Mm-hmm. We have uh, one four year program on campus now. We've uh, we've always been very successful at at transferring to other schools. Mm-hmm. A number of our students have gone to the U to med school. Mm-hmm. We have uh, several there right now, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact. And uh, and some of the amazing things here: the four year program is in music production. Yeah, they, uh, the website it said commercial music. You mean so, commercial music. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's that's the right term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, the next one online seems to probably be math. Okay, for your degree in math, yeah. Utah State works with us uh, on West Campus, our West Campus here in Ephraim, to provide four-year degrees in other fields. Okay, excellent. And so, is it because there's a lot of snow at Snow College, or where's the name come from? <laughs> the name the name comes from um, the the prophet. Uh, 
President Snow. Lorenzo Snow. Lorenzo Snow. And yeah. I think his and brother Erastus. I think that's his yeah, yeah. cousin. Yeah. Cousin. All right. Yeah. The Snow Brothers or yeah. Snow Family. Yeah, okay. Snow Family. Yeah. Right. And as I understand that we have statues of them out in the plaza here. Yes. Yes. As I understand it, they only met each other maybe once in their okay. entire lives. They didn't really know each other well. But the the president uh, said he didn't want the school named after him. But mm-hmm. if they named it after him and his cousin, he would be good with that. So that's what the pioneers did. And his name is, has stuck ever yeah. since. And so it sounds like it was a church-affiliated school up until the 1930s. And right. then I think they gave control of the school to the state of Utah. Right. So it's not officially affiliated with uh, the LDS or Mormon church now. That's right. Um, yeah. And let's see. Some other facts I learned about Snow as I was researching my trip down here. Uh, the Badgers, correct? Right. That's uh, the mascot. Badgers, <laughs> the Badgers, right. Are there actually Badgers indigenous to this area? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Any experience personal with Badgers? Yeah, or? I've seen a few. Yeah. Okay. I'm in your office now. I don't see any Badger... Uh, carcasses. So <laughs> I guess that's a good start. Actually, you you walked past our display case out in the hall. Oh yeah, with okay. lots of animals. The taxidermy is done out there, and that all got started because the gentleman who uh, whose position I took when he retired, Afton Hansen, he grew up in Mayfield and still lives in Mayfield. He's in his. 80s or 90s now. He's quite a guy. But but he was talking to some students one day here at Snow, and they said they had never seen a badger. And mm-hmm. he was really surprised because he spent a lot of time outdoors. He was quite the outdoorsman. So he went out and got a badger. Mm-hmm. And then he took it to a taxidermist and asked the taxidermist to, to mount it for him. And the taxidermist told him how much it would cost. And he said, no way. So he learned taxidermy himself. Mm, and that wow. badger is still out there wow. in our display case. So that's students awesome. at least know what a badger looks like. Okay, that's good. That's yeah. good. And some other uh, interesting facts I learned about Snow College. Um, football. Football is really important uh, around here. Apparently, uh, Snow College won the National Junior College Championship in 1985, and mm-hmm. they finished second in the country in 2006. So, you ever been to a game, Dr. Gardner? <laughs> Bad question. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Okay. Well, I'm sure you're, you support them from afar. So. I do. I, I, I have a, uh, I've had football players in my classes, okay. and I always treat them right. All right. Fair enough. And then, as you mentioned, uh, long history of uh, music and the theater uh, programs here at Snow mm-hmm. College. Uh, really well-known programs. You mentioned the partnership, like the commercial music degree, the first four-year degree here at Snow. Right. It's actually in partnership with Juilliard, which is really fascinating to me. I didn't know that before researching this. And apparently there's some really famous music camps here and, and theater camps during the summer. That's right. Um, some called Juilliard, the Juilliard Jazz Summer Workshop in Manhattan to Mountain Chamber Workshop. And so... Mm-hmm. It sounds like uh, you know. It sounds like a fantastic junior college. So, okay. So let's break it down, Doctor Gardner. So, if you're a high school student out there, why, why should you come to Snow? What does Snow have to offer? Why Why would you recommend uh, high school seniors coming here? Well, the uh, the atmosphere is is very nice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when students come from more populated areas of the state, they look around and they, they feel like, well, there's nothing to do here. You don't mm-hmm. even have a mall. Okay. And and yet. When they, when they come here, which they often do because the the cost is really low, mm-hmm. they find that there's a lot to do here, and they really enjoy it tremendously. Okay. Um, you mentioned the theater, for example. Um, I've had several of my students get involved with the theater program, even though they're not majoring mm-hmm. in that, which wouldn't happen at another school. A number of my students have been involved with the music program, even though those students are going on into health care. They're here on music scholarships and so forth. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so there are lots of opportunities here for students, okay. and I think there's just sort of a nice 
friendly atmosphere here, okay. in part because it's a small size. It's also unusual for a two-year school because it's a resident school. Mm-hmm. And most two-year schools are commuter schools, so people come onto campus, take their classes, then go home. Mm-hmm. But here students students live right around campus mm-hmm. or on campus, and so they uh, they get together. I divide my students up into... Um, into study groups, and those study groups get together. They just asked me uh, yesterday in the lab if they could get together in the lab at 7.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. and I told them that would that would be fine. I'd make sure that it was open for them they could get in. Cool. So how many students are in your class, for example? Because I know with a smaller college, junior college, there's more of a, I would say, intimate experience between student professor. Yeah. Um, my, my largest class is one we're going to go to in just a few minutes, mm-hmm. and that one has uh, somewhere between 90 and 100 students in it, which is unusually large for okay. us. My anatomy classes typically have somewhere around 48 or so okay. in them. Uh, the honors classes I teach, uh, last spring I had one with three students in it. Mm-hmm. And the other one had uh, 10, I think, mm-hmm. in it. I taught two honors classes. So, so they're really nice and small. My TA class, um, I have a class that... Uh, helps me teach other classes. Mm-hmm. And there are 26, I think, in, in that class. Okay. We have a really, really good time together. Excellent. Yeah. And I teach, when I teach anatomy, for example, I teach the lecture in the lab, which is what we do here. Mm-hmm. You teach the lecture, you teach the lab. Excellent. And it's in the lab that you really get to know students. Mm-hmm. They, aren't, they aren't sitting in seats listening to you mm-hmm. or being involved in a class discussion. You're roaming around talking to them in small groups mm-hmm. and helping them out. And do most of them get a biology associates, or what's the name? What's the most popular degree do you see? Um, the most most common degree in the science department. I'm not really sure what it would be. I suspect it's uh, it's in biology, making a transfer. Okay. Um, most of the students I deal with are going into healthcare. Okay. So a lot of them finish prereqs here for other programs. So they go on into nursing, dental hygiene. Um, uh, medical laboratory science, they can jump right into those programs. Others have to transfer and get a four-year degree mm-hmm. to go on into physical therapy, occupational therapy, those kinds of programs, okay. Okay. or or med school, of course. Okay. And then what, what other schools are the most popular ones uh, individuals transfer or graduate into after they're done with their associates here? Well, we, we send students all over the state. Okay. Um, I've had students who their goal – from the time they were little kids, was to go to Weber in the nursing program. Okay. And they pull that off. All right. Well, I think probably the majority of our students go to Utah State in Logan. Okay. But we um, we have a few that go to the U, to BYU, mm-hmm. and to uh, to Southern Utah okay. University. So in a way, like um, any student from any you know area of Utah could come here, get their associates in two years, and and then you know. Save a lot of money because I, you know, I looked it up in research. I think this is the lowest tuition in the state. Yeah. And then do the pre-med recs, pre-nursing recs, what have you, and then transfer to any of the four-year schools. Yeah. And I think uh, there's no graduates in every single undergraduate college in Utah. So yeah. I mean, it's a phenomenal program. Yeah. Um, so, Dr. Gardner, like, let's talk about uh, that organization that your students helped set up when you uh, first came here. Oh, well, the club I mentioned. Yeah, the club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the club. Well. When I first came, I was really pretty overwhelmed with the whole first year of, of teaching. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty obvious to my students that I was overwhelmed, too. And one of them, who teaches here now, actually, was was kind enough to come to me and ask if he could help somehow. Mm. And I suggested that we get together in the lab on Monday nights, because I had labs all day on Tuesday, and we set up the lab for the next day. Okay. So he showed up with a group of students, and uh, and we we would set up that lab. 
then I would give them uh, an article to read, like from Scientific American. Mm-hmm. And the next week, we would sit down and talk about the article when we were done setting up labs. And, then, and after we were done talking about that article, I'd give them another one. So we had a seminar going, basically. Mm-hmm. And then we were enjoying ourselves tremendously. We decided it would be really fun to do a club mm-hmm. uh, that was focused on the life sciences. So um, we proceeded in that direction. The, uh, the students... Some of them were in my anatomy class at the time, and we didn't have a cadaver lab yet. I was brand new, mm-hmm. and we hadn't established a cadaver lab yet, so we were dissecting cats pardon me, in the lab. Mm-hmm. So one day, these two students who had been helping me were sitting with each other dissecting a cat and just trying to decide what to name the club. Mm-hmm. And another of uh, the teachers walked by and overheard their conversation, and he said to them, why don't you call it the Dead Cat Society? The Dead Cat Society. The Dead Cat Society. Because wow. okay. Dead Poet Society was the big movie that summer mm-hmm. All right. back in 89. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what they called it. Mm-hmm. And we finished writing a constitution, mm-hmm. and uh, we sent it over to student government. They approved it. Okay. And the club got started officially in the spring of 1990. All right. Ten years later, when we had a big celebration to celebrate our 10th anniversary, uh, students went over to student government to get a copy of the Constitution. Mm. And somebody in student government actually read it that time. Okay, good. And, <laughs> it's always a good uh, good thing to do, to read the Constitution. Yeah, yeah so my, my president came back to me and said, they said we have to redo this. And I said... Go back and tell them that's a historic document and we're not changing it. <laughs> wow. Good for you. And they did. Okay. And so it's still the same. Why do they want to change it? Do you know? Oh, they felt it didn't sound official enough. It oh, was, okay. It was full of statements like there will be no meetings of the club, only gatherings of the pride. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they had problems with the language. But the yeah. overall spirit they, oh, yeah. they were on board with. Yeah. Okay. And the, the, club, the club offers students the opportunity for service experience, mm-hmm. for leadership experience. Um, for exposure to the to the field, we have guest speakers come in from various uh, areas, usually in healthcare, but sometimes in other fields too, okay. in areas of wildlife management, for example. All right, and it's a lot of fun. We have a really good time together. So, what does the club club look like today? I mean, how many students are in it? How often do you get together? The secretary was just in before you came. She took away uh, clipboards that had the names of. Uh, over 200 students. Oh, wow. But typically when we have a meeting, we'll have somewhere around 30 to 50 okay. students. That it kind of depends on their testing, their test schedule and so okay. forth. All right. And do you get together like once a week and still read journal articles? Or what, what are kind of activities now? Yeah, we do get together once a week. We All meet right. every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock for an hour. We keep it down to, okay. to an hour. Uh, leaders meet before that for half an hour to get things done to keep the club running. Okay. And uh, tonight, for example, what we're doing is announcing the new leaders for the club. They had to apply for leadership positions. Okay. So president, vice president, secretary? or Yeah, and, okay. then, and then we have like a service director and activities mm-hmm. director. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, a chair for every major. So there's a chair for the people heading for PT, OT, nursing. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on. Oh, and on. So there's plenty of opportunities. So it's for kind them. of like a pan-professional health. Yeah. Right. yeah. And what kind of like activities do you do in the community? Um, we often go down to the elementary school, okay. teach the kids uh, the proper way to wash their hands. Okay. They teach them how to floss and brush. Mm-hmm. We've done things like um, go up on the mountain and uh, fix up a trail a bit right. with the help of the Forest Service. We've gone over to Mona with uh, Utah Fish and Wildlife to help with the restore restoration program that was going on over there. Excellent. Yeah. All right. 
Very cool. Um, and then, are there still dead cats involved in the Dead Cat Society? No, there aren't. <laughs> when, 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 did the de- when did the official dead cats get phased out? Um, well, we stopped using cats shortly after that, because I think it was that same, that very same year that uh, I walked into the lab, mm-hmm. and the students were just sitting there. I'd gone out to get something. I came back, and they, they weren't dissecting their mm-hmm. cats. They were just sitting there. And I... I went over to a group and I said, what are you guys doing? You're, you're not working. And they said, we're not going to do this anymore. Mm. And, I, and I said, well, this is an anatomy. The Dead Cat Society in revolt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, well, why, why not? And, mm. and they said, well, these are cats and they're different than humans. And, you know, obviously they're right. Mm-hmm. And, and one, one example, I mean, there are lots of similarities, but one example on the eight auric arch, there are four arteries that come off on a cat, but there are only three on people. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so they were right that way. They also had another concern, and that was at the time the supply houses were really under investigation. Apparently, well, there were accusations that they were not treating the cats humanely, mm. that they were paying little kids in foreign countries a buck a cat, and cats were disappearing off the streets. Oh, wow. And so my students didn't feel good about, about it. So mm. I called Ken Vandegraaff, who was at BYU at the time, mm-hmm. and talked to him about setting up a cadaver lab. He told me to call the U, mm-hmm. Carrie Peterson at the U. Mm-hmm. And, uh, He's still working there. Yeah, yeah. he is, oh. yeah. Yeah, so I called Carrie, and I had this long spiel, mm-hmm. all the sales pitch, just ready to go. And I, I started in on it, and Carrie got quickly bored with me. And mm-hmm. he said, do you want a cadaver? And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just cut to the chase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, well, yeah. And he said, well, that's fine. And I was really surprised and delighted. So so we've had a really good relationship with him mm-hmm. ever since. I send students up. He gives them a nice tour, mm-hmm. and they uh, they between him and them, they select the cadaver okay. to bring down. We have two. We're in the process of of trying to get a new science building put up mm-hmm. and probably we'll expand the cadaver lab when okay. we do that kind of thing. So so every semester there are two bodies that are dissected? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And you know we and don't do you lead the dice I mean do you lead is it student kind of driven or it is. is it more you you who lead it or how would you describe the dissection? Because I know some other schools I talk to um, the professors kind of do the, most of the dissections and the students just watch. And other programs I've seen, the students do a lot of the dissection and the you know the professors kind of preside. So yeah. well, how would you describe it down here? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's student-based. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, uh, I have my TAs, get, they have the opportunity to either teach labs okay. or do dissections or do both. Mm-hmm. Many of them do choose to do both. Right now I have three dissecting groups going on. They're probably... A dozen students involved mm-hmm. in the dissections. They have to have gone through the anatomy class first. I used to have all of my anatomy students do dissections, mm-hmm. but the, but when I first came, there were only twelve students in the mm-hmm. course, and now we have two teachers. I I teach uh, two sections. I have I have uh, about a hundred and twenty students, mm-hmm. and the other teacher has about fifty or so. Mm-hmm. So it's way too many for two cadavers. So my my TAs will mm-hmm. do that, and and I I, I go over. The, the dissections with them and give them some directions as to what to do next. Mm-hmm. And they, they read dissectors, they look at the atlases, and okay. then they forge ahead. Sure. Do they make mistakes on occasion? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, you know, it's not like a live patient. Mm-hmm. And they, they learn a great deal from It's a great opportunity for yeah. them. As a matter of fact, at the PT school several years ago, the, the very first day of the anatomy class, the teacher asked how many of them had actually done dissections on cadavers before. Mm. And of the 40 students in the class at the time, eight of them raised their hands. Three of them were our students. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. great. I, I know up at the medical school, a fair amount of the, the first-year students, um, they had no experience with anatomy before. Wow. And 
you know, anatomy is certainly something that we recommend you do before you apply to med school, but it's not a requirement by any means. Yeah. So every year, there, there's a handful of students who have no experience with anatomy. I know there's a lot of uh, anxiety, trepidation with the anatomy lab. I'm curious, Dr. Gardner, like, what do you tell your students who are brand new in the anatomy lab? Are there any tips you care to share for anyone listening out there, you know, before they embark uh, uh, on this, you know, path of learning about gross anatomy? I, um... Well, I used to have a, a pretty fair incidence of people passing out. Fainting. Fainting. Right the there. Lab. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, the classic case was a young man who passed out and fell right into the cadaver. Okay. Well, that wow. wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but that's really, really gone down tremendously okay. over the years. Mm-hmm. I suspect because our society has changed so much and, you know, with the pretty graphic programs that are mm-hmm. available now. Like CSI, like yeah. Dexter, those kind yeah. of things. And, yeah. and including yeah. documentaries. So you, know, you oh, watch okay. a lot of surgery on TV yeah. and so forth. So, You're thinking scientific. I'm thinking entertainment Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, both both of them are involved for okay. sure. All right. But uh, but I don't have much trouble with it now. But okay. I do I do give them a prep talk, okay. uh, which is a bit of a pep talk besides okay. a prep talk. Yeah. And I, I explain to them where the cadavers come from, that we do the dissections, and that, and I explain the whole body donor process to mm-hmm. them, and that the people that are up there as bodies, they they wanted this to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to after their death, they wanted students to learn from their bodies, and that we should uh, we should put them to good use, and we should be very respectful. I give them some rules for respect in the lab, and uh, I have very very few problems. Right. With, you, with students. Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Gar, you mentioned the body donor process. Can you talk about that? Because I think that's very fascinating to people who are not, you know, familiar with anatomy or familiar with medicine. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Well, as I understand the, the, the whole process, uh, in my experience with cadavers is that many of many of the people who donate mm-hmm. have had a pretty long history of, of medical problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just seems to me like they they want to make a donation in order to sort of pay back, pay okay. forward right. what, uh, what's been done for them as best they can. And so they, uh, they sign paperwork, a donation form before they, they die. Mm-hmm. After they, they pass away, their family has to agree the donation. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, yeah. so the family agrees the donation. The family can then, if they want to, they can follow all the traditional steps. They can have a, a viewing, a funeral, graveside service. Mm-hmm. Whatever, but the body obviously has to be remain intact. The mortician has to know about the donation because mm-hmm. they they don't do certain things they normally would, okay. and uh, and then the body is transported to the U in, mm-hmm. in this case. There, there they are preserved. Mm-hmm. The, the process is uh, lengthy and detail takes a lot of skill to accomplish what's accomplished up there. And, and, and a really good job is done. Carrie and his crew do a great job with preservation. I've never had any problems yeah. with it. And I think. And I know every year there's a service that they do, usually in the spring, where they bring together all the families of those who donated their bodies. Um, it's kind of a service. It's kind of a wake in a way, kind of a way to celebrate, um, you know, this incredible donation. And all the medical students attend who went through gross anatomy. It's a pretty moving service. And I think it really ties back into, you know, these individuals, um, even their death, Give information, knowledge um, to those up and up and rising physicians, and it's incredibly moving to hear the families uh, know that their loved ones, um, you know, were able to be part of this process, and just to meet the medical students who may have done a dissection on their loved ones. Um, it was really beautiful, and I've been to a couple of those. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm always 
impressed with the sacrifice that, that the donor makes and the donor's family mm-hmm. makes too. And when the, when we're done with the with the body, we uh, we have it transported back to the U. Okay. Our students, it's usually my students that do mm-hmm. it. They take it up, and then uh, it that body is cremated and. And typically the bodies, the remains are returned to the family. Mm-hmm. But there are some cases, rare cases, in which uh, they're not returned to the family and they go to the common grave that's that's maintained by the U. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we have a few more minutes, uh, Dr. Gardner. You kind of alluded to it. What does the future hold for Snow College? Um, you know, where do you see your department going? Where do you see the Dead Cat Society going? What does the future hold? Well, we have a brand new anatomy teacher, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. John Fisher. Okay. He finished his PhD at the University of Iowa just last December. Okay. Uh, came here and interviewed and just tremendously impressed the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, since he's come on the job, I've been hugely, hugely impressed with him. He's, uh, he's intelligent. He loves teaching. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he published eight papers while he's in his PhD program, which I think is a fantastic accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I think the... The anatomy program is going to keep going strong, mm-hmm. and uh, Snow College is going to keep going strong. Yeah. We uh, we um, have, like I said, the plans for a new science building in mm-hmm. the works. Uh, that's gone before the legislature several times, or whatever committee is in charge of new buildings for universities. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he always put us high in the list, and we certainly haven't gotten to the top yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have that four-year program in math. Mm-hmm. There's a four-year program in biology that probably will come online after the math one. Okay. So I'm not sure how long that will take. But uh, we, we also just recently added um, a natural resource mm-hmm. program. And uh, they were involved with that uh, with the mountain goat transplant that took place just recently. You might have heard of. Wow. They, uh, they took mountain goats from the Tushers okay. and transported them down to Los Salles. Okay. And some of our students went down and were involved with with that, which was a way fun project for wow. them to be involved with. Yeah, it's a great program. Mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with it. Mm-hmm. We also are involved with um, what used to be the Great Basin Environment, uh, Great Basin Experiment Station. Okay. We are at the edge of the Great Basin, right? the, the eastern edge of the Great Basin. Mm-hmm. The mountains that rise to the east mm-hmm. are part of the Colorado Plateau, and the mountains to the west of the San Pete Valley that we're in are the first range in the Great Basin. Mm. And so uh, the, the towns along the, the the valley floor here are at the mouths of canyons. They were put there because of the water coming down, the streams that were coming down. Mm-hmm. And those streams flooded after the pioneers had been here for a while, and it got really severe. And they set up uh, – the federal government was asked to come in and help, actually, which was very unusual for Mormon pioneers to ask the feds to come in and help them out after what had happened to them in their journeys to the west. Mm-hmm. But um, they established a research station up on the mountain here. Okay. Just east of us, about nine miles or so up the mountain. And Snow College uh, proposed that, that we, we help maintain it. Because they were the Forest Service didn't have the money to maintain it, they were just going to raise it, just flatten everything. But, but Snow and the Forest Service and Utah State and some other entities got together, and we maintain it now as a Great Basin Environmental Education Center. Oh wow! Yeah, affectionately known as the Gabik, <laughs> and uh, and uh, lots of different activities occur up there. I've taught a few classes up there, mm-hmm. and we have uh, activities up there and so forth. So that's another great part of of Snow College. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a lot of ro- room for growth, a lot of expansion. Um, right now, I think you're at 3,200 students, um, and uh, I, you know, just being up at the University of Utah School of Medicine, we just know that Snow College is just, uh, just pearl down here in Ephraim, and we uh, we love seeing your students come through. Uh, more and more um, are doing their anatomy here. More and more are doing their pre-med requisites here. 
Um, so it's just very exciting to be part of this. Right. Cool. Yeah, well, well, Dr. Gardner, thanks for letting me interview you, and uh, we're going to go teach a class right now together. We are. All right. Yeah, thank well, you. you. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.